Hello and welcome to Are We Gundam or Are We Isekai? The internet's best episode-by-episode Gundam Seed podcast that couldn't quite get through Destiny, and so now we have to watch Gundam Build Divers as penance. We should have just watched Destiny. Bear, 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 bear. I'm Jeremy. Shooting live on location on Gundam Build Network Furry Island, I'm Tyler. Bear, 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 Zach. (laughs) We watched episode eight this week, which is called Festival. Which, as you can tell, is going to just start this plot going. I have a brief aside, and this episode made me think of an anime that came out of, like, last season. I think it was called Kuma 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 Bear. Yeah, it sounds right. I didn't watch any of it. I just, If I remember correctly, Kuma is Japanese for bear, and that's what made me think of it. There's that Cartoon Network show that's like the Bear Bear Bears or something. Say what? Bear Bear Bear? Bear 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 Bear. My favorite anime. <laughs> Also, brief aside, I watched this episode with Alex because she volunteered to help me through the pain of watching Build Divers for some reason. And she described this episode as fries on a nothing burger. I'd describe this show as fries on a nothing burger. Yeah, I mean, she's not wrong. Like, she watched one episode a third of the way through the series, and uh, she's as invested in the plot as we are. Yep. She was like, wow, we got an entire redemption arc in one episode for a character with no name. Yeah, but she's on the Archangels. Also, she has a name. It's not Stella. Yeah, it's Steya, even though she's wearing Stella's dress and piloting the Gaia, which is something I was going to point out. Oh, I knew something about that seemed a little off. I'm like, there's something I'm missing here. They're the Archangels, the all-female, all-Gundam Seed, Fox-only guild. (laughs) Did they only show the two uh, mobile suits from them? Because I know we get a, a shot at all of their, or at least a bunch of their members at the end of the episode. But the only ones we saw are the Murasame and the Gaia. I believe those are the only ones we see. I could be wrong. This episode is okay. Yeah, I, I think the episode itself is okay. It has some fun Ayame stuff in it. Yep. And she's the best character on the main character team. By far. Actually, there were a couple, there were a couple things that made me laugh with just Ayame and uh, Ko-1 in there. The adults on the team. Mom and Dad. We don't actually know how old Ayame is. Her avatar is older. No, we, we don't know how old... She is in relation, but the way Ko-1 and her were acting throughout this entire episode was basically mom and dad supervising the kids. For sure. I definitely think she's younger than Koichi, but I feel like she's definitely grumpy older sister, right? Who's just got from her first year of college and is like, I'm too good for Disney movies. Ugh. That's <laughs> definitely her vibe this episode. The three main character, the three like first characters are middle school. She's probably high school, and obviously Ko-1 is, a, is uh, in job out of high school <laughs> in workforce in job i was gonna say in college but then i'm like that's not right i can't wait to graduate and job well he, he could wait he, he needed for a bit first um so yeah if you want to watch along still don't recommend it but you can on youtube crunchyroll funimation sketchy websites where the picture quality is bad we open on whatever we open on i think it's a flashback from last time yeah it's just a recash of them winning last time but specifically it's not just a flashback, it's Yuki and Riku watching themselves winning. And narrating it like announcers. Which is semi-clever. It does seem like it's trying to set up them for a failure, because they're getting a big head about it, right? But that doesn't come to any fruition, certainly not this episode. It's fine for them to be confident and be happy with the with the number one win. You wouldn't go one win and then pop the bubble. You'd have to like do a couple of wins or a winning streak. Then you knock their feet out from under them, because then it makes the failure mean more. Yeah, but we can definitely just do all those other wins in montage, or they could just say we've been winning since then, and that's fine. Yeah, especially with a series that's as short as this one is. 
I do love how smug they're being about it. Well, I mean, to be fair, they're bragging about each other's... Yeah, they're going back and forth complimenting each other. Yeah, which, I mean, slightly better than being like, hey, look how great I am, which is how I usually operate. And then, of course, you have the adults on the team missing Ayame. And Momoka. But Koichi's like, oh, let them have their fun. It's good to win. It's like Rommel said. It's the best thing for noobs. Also, a force battle is unlike winning regularly, because teamwork and shonen. He's won it before, so it's like, all right, he's won games like this before, so it's like, let him have some fun. It's it's not, it's harmless, like, it's not going to do any damage. Until, you know, they suffer an inevitable defeat, which may or may not happen in this show, given this show. We still aren't getting into the point where they've got a big head about it. Like, they're not going in overconfidently challenging the champion or anything like that. That's fair. That's when you knock someone's feet out from under them, is when they're like, I can beat anybody! And I also feel like Koichi is ready for whichever situation arises. Like, if they're overconfident, he's ready to, like, knock them down a peg. Or if it becomes up, like, if they get depressed after a loss, he's also ready for that. Yeah, I feel like he's definitely been around the block on either side of these before. He's just not good at socials. I'm really surprised that Momoka isn't celebrating with them because I feel like she was more impactful in that fight than Yuki was. Yeah, because she chased the dude into Yuki's line of fire. Well, and she pulled the guys into the water in the first place. Winning isn't penguins, though. (laughs) I kind of want that on a t-shirt. Winning isn't penguins. Well, Momoka, as opposed to these two, like, she's really just there because her friends are there. So winning or losing, I don't think really matters to her. Like, if they win, great. If they lose, eh, I'm still having fun with my friends. Counterpoint, we do know she is competitive. Because remember when her whole thing was like, you have to join the soccer team, so it'll be good. So we will do a winning. That's true, but that doesn't necessarily translate into this. Like, she might be really competitive with that kind of thing in soccer, but here it's just like, this is a place for me to hang out with people. Anyway, the boys are very happy with themselves, and then we get the intro. Coincidentally, because I watched this with Alex, and this is the first time she saw it, her comment was that the best thing about the intro is the fact that Momo grows cat ears. <laughs> <laughs> it's very Digimon. Well, it's it's a very bland opening. Like we, We've been over it before. Like It's just like, hey, look, characters. Hey, look, mobile suit. Hey, look, character who pilots said mobile suit. Yeah, I'm trying to even think what I would think the second best thing after Momo wearing cat ears would be. Uh, She was also surprised. So I accidentally spent four minutes watching the prologue being like, damn, this is actually a really cool battle. Until I realized I was watching the prologue. And then she's like, oh, the ferret is in a mobile suit. (laughs) Well, why would why would you assume that? But yeah, the intro is what made her realize that. (laughs) Anyway, opening ends and we find out that. Build divers are getting all sorts of challenges after they beat Rommel's noobs on TV. That raises my question of like, so they can apparently challenge people directly, but in the previous one, they seemed to be able to select from a list. So they must have issued the challenge to the other one as opposed to receiving it. It was also like an exhibition match of some sort, like it was a special event. I don't really think it was a special event necessarily. It just happened to be the featured match. They were talking like it was unusual for it to happen. They would have to do it on that date. But also it could be that like Rommel took it upon himself to like, hey, I'm looking for a force of noobs to face my force of noobs and push the challenge, right? He just didn't put his name on it. That's fair. Also, I noticed that some of the challenges they're getting are either of type matchup or type normal. And I'm wondering what normal is if not a matchup. My guess is matchup would be a force that is higher in rank than they are. 
whereas a normal battle would be on the same level as they are. I assume it's like a tag team wrestling match where you just have to tag out Gundams. Uh, anyway, they're like, oh man, we're kind of famous now. That's cool. Who should we fight next? And Robocop's like, let's take them all on, because I'm very competitive, remember? And that way our rank will go up faster, right? They say beating the Rommel team, and it's like, you, you beat Rommel's scrubs, like, that wasn't their core I like team. how enthusiastic Sarah is about Momo saying that. She just, like, agrees with her. Look, last time she got a cool flower pendant, so. And then mom and dad are over here watching. <laughs> and dad's like, oh, come on, let them have their fun, honey. But yeah, because Ayame's like, they're going to be analyzing us from this point on. It's not going to be easy. But then Maggie is like, oh, no, we can't have action two episodes in a row. Why don't you go to this festival event so we can promote this MMO that doesn't exist and the cool festivals in it? Only forces are allowed to go because, I don't know, we wanted to exclude people. That is super weird because I don't think I've come across anything that has that kind of like weird restriction on it. This is a weird comparison, but the Fate Grand Order ones has some restrictions based on where you are in the story to to participate in certain events. But other than that, like there are no other actual restrictions. Well, and some MMOs have like group specific restricted events as like sub events as part of the event, but usually most of it can be completed by an individual. And it's like no, you can only go on this bear roller coaster if you're in a guild, or or at the very least encounter, <laughs> like go to it. Like, the, the actual event that they do in this where they go on the scavenger hunt, like, that I can understand you don't do, you can't do that solo. But just going to this festival? And I was like, ooh, that sounds great. And Riku's like, I, I don't know what it's going to be like. And Nagi's like, well, you'll have to go to find out. Well, first he says there are lots of different kinds of these festivals and goes over a few examples which do sound like cool alternative game modes for a limited time type stuff, like races. Yeah, like uh, League has its rotating game mode. That would be fun in some cases. The sports tournaments look hilarious. Dance contest. I love how the uh, the French... Is that the Rose yeah, Gundam? Yeah, the Rose Gundam, Gundam. Rose is dancing with a boundock. I love the karaoke with the love Zaku. The Mir Zaku custom. And I think, is that a freedom with the guitar? I think it's a Mark II, but I'm not really sure. It looks pretty custom. Well, the the head look looks very doesn't look very. That is more freedom than Mark II. You're right, but it doesn't have the wings, which is what I think. It might just be a custom build, full, or I don't recognize it. Uh, there are for forces to get it to know each other. Well, these guys apparently do a good enough job to get to know every other important force on the server already. I mean, I guess it makes more sense for if you're a force who met online, but. They should all like, yeah, we know each other in real life. We could go like to a real festival, except Sarah. Or Ayame. She could. She just doesn't want to go to one. Uh, I just had a thought of like, great plot twist. Ayame is actually the, the chick behind the counter whose name I can't yeah. remember. Not me. Like that would be funny, but <laughs> kind of weird. She's just very into RP. <laughs> yeah, this is my moody teenage ninja girl. It's like, I hear you can get like, Wear items or wear costumes that are only allowed there. That just made me think of a lot of the Azure Lane events have uh, rental tickets to rent costumes for the duration of the event. And it's for the bear guy. Which we talked about briefly because it was something that Sharyar modeled, right? He did a bunch of petite guys. But yeah, bear guys. Maggie now tells us what I told you a couple episodes ago. That they're based on the act guy. And both Sarah and Momoka are just like absolutely over the moon because it's adorable. I don't know why Sarah is frowning with like and being serious with the sparkly eyes. Like Sarah, like I said last episode, does not look super great serious. Like it's definitely cute. Don't get me wrong. 
Sarah wants to acquire. Her goal is to have them all. <laughs> I see. She got to catch them all, catch them all. I kind of like the half-built version. That's the original bear guy. And then, like, oh, okay. the, the next one is, like, the more sold one, popular Cute. one. Even more marketable than before. And then she pressures Yuki and Riku to go to the festival. But they were already on, uh, kind of leaning towards it. Like, yeah, let's do it in the past. Right now, he's like, hard pass, noping right out of that. I'm out of here. I'm not into that. And then she gets dragged. Like, this made me legitimately laugh, th- these sequences with Ayame. They're pretty good. All three of them look at Koichi, and he's like, I'm sorry, I can't help well, you Well, I love anymore. how Ayame is, like, glaring at him. Momoka and Sarah are both, like, sparkly looking at him. And so he's like, I, I can't help you with this. Like, I am bad at socials. She just appeared beside me, and the next thing I knew, I was in the guild. So they'd go to their launch sequence, because this episode didn't quite come in at full runtime. Sarah is riding with Momo. I feel like she should be riding with Ayame to make sure she doesn't bail. The SD Gundam gets to add a sweat job, because it's SD and it works really well. <laughs> and it's just, like, a completely nonplussed. This is probably my favorite sequence in this, in this uh, episode, is how, like, resistant Ayame is to going to this thing. So they all launch... And head through a gate that is specifically marked with a bear face. Yeah, you gotta know where to go. The last one through is Ayame, who immediately... She's like, oh wait, there's no one behind me. I'm out of here. <laughs> I can ditch this. But the Momokapool apparently has comedic extendy arms to drag her through. Uh, I've seen that death animation from Dead Space only once, because it only ever got me once. And no one can call me on that. I love that the island has a just giant bear in the center of it. Well, there's a couple of those. Yeah, it's basically Disneyland. Because then you got, uh, on the right, I think that's another one of those hover bases from Rommel's that we saw the last time. And there's a boa queue in the top left. No, I'm sorry, not the top left. Uh, One next to that. I'm not sure what the top left one is, but I kind of recognize it. I think there's an Archangel Castle to the south, because there's definitely a white base Disney castle in the center. I don't know precisely what this batting helmet's supposed to be. That's where you go play Gundam baseball. It also looks like it's an observatory. That would actually be kind of fun, now that I think about it, if you had the opportunity to do something like that in this game. Yeah, it seems like the sort of thing to have a festival for. Coincidentally, since we mentioned that the castle is a white base, I definitely expected it to take off and be part of some sort of, like, thrilling escape sequence. Oh, you know that we're, since we're looking at this, I didn't even notice that you've got a big Gundam shield on the main island there. Yep. I actually noticed it in the, like, end scroll they do with the island. There's a bunch of petite guys being cute. There are festival rides, because it's just a festival in VR. No questions. I ask out loud multiple times while watching this, like, why would you want to do any of these in a VR headset? It must have haptic feedback, right? Yeah, that's the thing. That's the only way. Again, anime VR, not the same thing as regular VR. Why would you go eat at McDonald's, a thing we've seen them do multiple times in VR? <laughs> Except for that you get to have McDonald's with no calories. And no flavor. Or unless there's unless there's like a stamina management mechanic, but since they haven't brought that up and they went through the entire training montage without ever bringing something like that up. They specifically said they did not get tired or hungry while doing it. Exactly. So, I don't know. Anyway... Just like in uh, Japanese theme parks, they have a Super Sentai show going on, only it's Bear Guy themed. And the kids are all super excited to go do Super Sentai. Whereas Ayame is like, I don't want to be here. And Koichi is just like, oh, those kids. Although Ayame is actually stricken by how cute one of the Bear Guys is and is trying to hide it. Because she wants them to think she's the cool older sister who's over it. Exactly. 
So they all super sentai pose with big bear heads on, <laughs> including covered explosions Sarah behind is them. Hilarious. I don't know why, but I think this must speak to something about her character design. But every time Sarah does something ridiculous, I find it genuinely enjoyable, and it's like one of the only good things about watching this <laughs> yeah, show. Like I said, I slept hard on Sarah my first watch through when she is delightful. I mean, I like Ayame, but. I think that's because she's also one of the few that seems to actually have a character. Uh, don't worry me wrong. Ayami's the best, but Sarah, close second. And the way they do the anime peer pressure thing when they're like, where they're like, Ayame, you must bear guide rangers with us. And obviously she's like, no, th- I'm not going to do that. No way. And then uh, it zooms out and Koichi's also wearing one. And he's like, you know, when in Rome, do as the Romans do, which is be bear guy rangers, I guess. Rome is famous <laughs> for their Super Sentai shows. I love how, like, they do, like, the evil red eyes thing, and they're chanting bear, but they're doing it in English. Well, yeah, it's bear guy. It's not Kumo guy, Zach. <laughs> so she has been purple-hatted and defeated while we get a montage of them taking pictures. And she tries her hardest to be grumpy on the roller coaster. I don't think so much that she's trying to be grumpy on the roller coaster so much as that Koichi is apparently losing his shit. <laughs> okay, I can read that as incredulous, too. I also just noticed that they're the only people on the coaster wearing the stupid bear guy helmets. Yeah, because they're the kids. Everybody That's else amazing. looks like adults in cosplay. And then like a funhouse mirror type of thing. But it makes you chibi because it's not a real mirror because you don't have to obey by physics and VR. Bear pastries, bear teacups that are just regular teacups. My interpretation of that one is that apparently Ayame spun their thing so fast that she made Koichi sick and now is smugly sitting there like, yes, I win. <laughs> Our Patrick Colasar cameo is wearing a bear guy head in the key cups, and he was slapped by his girlfriend for talking to that girl two episodes ago. So what we're learning is that Koichi does not do well with uh, amusement parks. I do like Ayami's ponytail through the bear guy helmet. It's the same as always, but it looks especially good there. Yeah, I they've got a shot of like all of them, except for Ayami, in like this hustle, or not hustle, huddle. Where it's like she's trying to be the cool older sister's older, who's completely over that when a uh, small bear guy comes up to her. And it just cutes at her. And she's like, oh my god, it's precious. I need it. I must hug it. I-, I love how she gets like the small pupil rage face before like caving in and getting the adorable like star eyes. Well, she's right in that like must not smile, have to maintain coolness. It's a fine. No one can see me smile under my mask. And she starts hugging it, and which is of course when they all turn around and capture photos, because uh, remember, you don't need to consent to take photos of your friends or peer pressure them into wearing bear guy hats. Although, the thing is, like they show the <laughs> picture that they took, which is totally not at the same angle that they took the picture from. Nope. The magic of VR. I love how Ayame's chasing them, and Koichi's like, I guess I'm the only adult here. I mean, I already kind of knew that, but... Anyway, a giant bear guy blimp announces that it's time for bear guy quest as they are going to White Base Castle. And Koichi's like, oh, those kids sure are full of energy. <laughs> and Ayami's like, no, I, I, you sound so old. I am not an adult. When some girls come up, it's like, hey, can you take a picture for us? Oh, you're right. That is totally Stella's outfit. It's just a slightly different color. That's why I didn't get it. I notice it during some of the profile scenes while she's in a cockpit later. It is purple instead of blue and like a gray almost instead of white. But that could even yeah. just be the shade it's in. Yeah, that's why that's why I didn't see it is that the, the shade is different. The color is different. It's way more obvious in different lighting later. And also all the NPCs are in someone's Gundam outfit. So, so Koichi's like, I can't photos with girls. Social, not good. 
So they post, they say Gundam Seed Destiny. Since, and uh, Ayame takes the picture since Koichi can't do it. So anyway, Riku comes up after this and is like, hey, let's do some more rides. And Koichi's like, could we not? And that's when the girls notice, oh, hey, you're those new famous people, right? How they didn't recognize the other ones, I don't really know. I mean, Riku's just got such a cool character design. I'm as a ninja, so like you can't tell her because she's a ninja. But Koichi, maybe it's because he's just so forgettable. <laughs> A, he's forgettable, and B, he's in a bear guy uh, head, which is hiding his crazy hair, his most distinguishing feature. Well, and it's probably one of those things where when they all show up at the same time, it makes them easier to identify. So the girls start fangirling over them, but Riku and Yuki are too young to appreciate it. Wait, wait. So before we get into that a little bit, I just realized that they didn't need to ask anyone to take a picture for them. Because it's VR? We've seen... Yes. Yeah, we've seen people doing VR photos but, before. But also the end of last episode, we saw someone take a picture for them and he tried to try to run into frame. Yeah, so like I can understand that. But at the same time, we saw that in the first... or. Second episode when they went on the on the uh, flower gathering quest, they specifically set up a camera and took a shot without having to worry about running yep. into frame. So I think they forgot yep. that that was a thing. I think in this case, it wasn't so much that they needed someone to uh, take a picture of them. They just had the hots for Koichi, so they wanted to talk to him. <laughs> I mean, they did specifically ask him. When there's cute ninja girl right next to him. But I guess you're attracted to what you're attracted to. So Yuki and Yuki are like, yay, big head. And Sarah is like default face, which is a frown for some reason. <laughs> I love deadpan Sarah behind them. And completely nonplussed kind of over this Momoka is also great. It's just like I, we were having fun at a festival and then you guys had to meet some fangirls. So they decide to bond over pancakes and hang out. And they're like, yeah, we're in the force called the Archangels. We're all girls. This is also what uh, Maggie told them this was for. Although I do love how they're all talking at the table and Ayame is doing the loner thing and she's standing next to a tree. <laughs> she's very good at it. She's practiced a lot. She's also got her uh, her listen stat must be pretty high so that she can hear things going on while she's lonering off in the corner. She did get sent to spy on Riku by Palpatine, so that tracks. Really quick, the name of the restaurant they're at is Salt Food 2. Yeah. That's what I'd name my uh, second salt food place in Roller Coaster Tycoon. You just got to make sure you do it right next to H2O Water. H2O or H2O, that was fun, the water park. <laughs> no, you, you, when you do that, you put like fries and then right next to the fry place, you put a uh, drink vendor because then uh, people buying fries buy more drinks. Or if you do the King Super thing and put them on opposite sides of the store. So they have to walk through the entire store to get with the both the two things they want. Anyway, the Archangels are like, hey, you guys are here for the cool new secret mission, right? And they're like, cool mission? And they're like, yeah, we came because we thought it would be easy in the middle of the day. And they're like, what? No, we didn't even hear about it. Like, yeah, Bear Guy Quest. It's like sort of a um, Dragon Quest thing, because that's what the kids like, right? It says Bear Guy Saga, A New Dawn, Kukuru's Doan's Island Start. We will get into Kukuru's Doan's Island later. Anyway... There's a mystery, and you got to solve it. The team who successfully does it will get a rare item. Of the Musha guy. Which is a samurai bear guy, of course. And Sarah's like, it's cute. I must have one. Momoko's like, I would also like one. And Yuki and Riku are like, yeah, I guess. That could be a fun way to spend some time. And mom and dad are like, fine. Yeah, Koichi looks very not into it. <laughs> he just looks like he needs a nap, honestly. Like, he just looks tired. <laughs> Although, granted, he always looks tired, so that's not really anything new. So after the commercial break, we get it explained to us again in more detail. Get a wide shot of a bunch of different mobile suits 
on there as the rules are going over. I see a gym. I don't know what this what the what's this uh, green one over here on the right. I'm not a hundred percent sure. I was looking at it because the head is weird. Some of these are probably custom jobs too, like that purple one. I'm sure. I think. I wonder if that one comes out of, uh, or at least part of it comes out of uh, Reconisa and G. No, that seems more like it might be a double odd thing. Now that I think about it. I would buy either one. It also looks a bit Zeta again to me. Uh, anyway, there are treasure chests all over the island. They've got clues hidden in them. you got to follow the clues to where the secret item is. Eric Angels are like, hi, what's up? Yeah, they've got a Murasame and a Gaia. And apparently they must do the same kind of thing all the time because the, it's just, the clues are apparently in the same place. It read to me as like there are a certain number of spawn locations for them. That's how I initially read it. Like, there are spawn locations on the map where they can appear, so they already know where all of those are, whereas Riku's team doesn't know where any of them are because they necessarily haven't done this before. So Steya and her friend are like, okay, let's do our best. And Steya's like, I won't be a burden to you, Onesama. And she's like, nah, it'll be fine. Don't be so intense. I hadn't noticed this before, but Momoka's capital is just riding Koichi's mobile suit. Yeah, she still didn't put boosters in that. She flew there. No, she was on him then as well. Was she? Yeah. I must have missed that. Koichi's like, I guess let's split up and search for clues. They Scooby gang this. Yuki, Momo, me will not stop being in this episode now. The two of you go together. And uh, Ayami's like, we gotta hurry. Because we haven't given Ayame a feature episode yet, so we gotta do something. We got gave her half of one, but she had to share it with Shariar. And to be fair, that's more than Yuki's got so far. <laughs> or Momo. that's true or Sarah but the recruitment of Koichi was dedicated an entire episode whereas uh, I I assume they kind of figured that we would be on board with the others Ayame is like hey I recognize you as you're walking past here be on my team okay and Riku's just like she can't really be that into getting a stuffed animal like if it was a real stuffed animal I could understand being a little bit more into it but this is a virtual stuffed animal Maybe you can 3D print them as well. Or maybe there's a special Build-A-Bear, <laughs> a Build-A-Gundam gift shop that operates like a Build-A-Bear. That sounds like a thing that would happen in this universe. I said that out loud, joking, but then I remembered I totally have the plushy urban mech on my Kickstarter rewards for Battletech. <laughs> so some drilly mechs are like, ah, oh, none underground. I think the hoop Gundam there is from Stargazer. It is. It is, in fact, the Stargazer. And apparently we've got a, like a AWACS... I don't know exactly what that mobile suit was. I wanted to call it a, a, a uh, what's it called? A Zaku, but that's wrong. It looks very giffy, but I don't think it's a gif either. I think the head's wrong for a gif. But it can't fit to where the treasure chest is because it's too big. So grilling jerks steal it. Meanwhile, the Destiny girls, I'm sorry, the Archangels, somehow managed to know that a tree is actually a treasure chest in disguise. Well, they said they've done that before. Yeah, so it's probably a situation where the tree is there if there's a chest there. If there's no chest attached to it, then it's not. there's no tree there. So a bear pops out and gives him a clue. And it's like, it's by the water. Good clue. This is this is some Sonic Adventure 2-ass clues. <laughs> Steya is very determined. And Momoka's already at the water. <laughs> well, they found a clue, and they're like, yeah, let's get it. But it's a quiz. You don't get no free clues. You have to have arbitrary Gundam knowledge for this clue. Name 10 Gundam series. And she's like, oh my god, nobody can do that right off the top of their head right now and is about to. 
I immediately <laughs> thought of that. I was like, can I name 10 off the top of my head? And I started racking my brain. I'm like, you know, I haven't counted, but I might get to six and then I'd probably start locking up. I could do six pretty easily. I think the last four would be difficult, but definitely on the table. Zeta Gundam, double Zeta, Gundam Seed, Gundam Seed Destiny, Gundam Wing. Gundam X, Mobile Fighter G Gundam. All right, that's actually Gundam easier than Double I thought. O. Gundam the OAFMS team. Gundam Iron-Blooded Orphans. That's 10. I did the same thing. I just didn't, like, announce it. I was working through my hands. I was like, you know, that's actually easier than I thought. Because if you know of, like, Seed and Seed Destiny, there's two. And Wing, because everyone knows Wing. Anyway, Momo gets very animated about how no one could possibly know that. And it's very cute. Actually, I think she just says that I don't know that. Not not no one could know that. Just I don't know that. Because she's not a Gundam fan. And she's like, nerds, get over here and help me. I like how, like, this is ridiculous. They're holding the waterfall back with Koichi's weapon. But, like, what is the point of that? Can they just walk in? That's kind of my point. Yuki doesn't get a clue. He doesn't get anything. Because apparently there are fake treasure chests that are hidden. Uh, Mobo gets even more animated that they have been tricked. And he's like, come help me. Chibi Sarah is great. And apparently you have as much time as you want for that. Because, like, obviously it's not instant. I mean, that checks out to me. I don't think they meant this to be hyper competitive. And I am like, just follow me, noob. I know where we're going. And she knows exactly where the statue is that apparently everybody's trying to get to. And Rika's like, how did you know it was here? And she's like, I did this at the festival two years ago. And Rika's like, hey, didn't you say you weren't in a force? And she's like, ignore me. Very effectively. And it's apparently a bonus clue. Which is very interesting because it talks about episode 15 of Mobile Suit Gundam, which is Kokorizo Doen's Island. An episode that has never been dubbed in any language because the Gundam team is ashamed of the animation and think it's very bad. And the director of Gundam requested no one ever see it. Oh, really? It's not that bad. I've seen it, but it is bad animation. But it's not like, oh, God, my eyes. It's just lower quality than normal. But that's why it's never been like released outside of Japan, because they're so ashamed of the thing. Yes. So it seems weird that they're bringing it up here. That's hilarious, considering how much bad animation is in that. You said that was the original Gundam series? Yep. You want to see if it's on Crunchyroll? It is. Actually, it says episode 15. I don't know if it's the same one. But it has, Funimation has it in English and in Japanese. Does it have a description? It just says episode 15. Let me see here. No, this one says Sayla's Agony. I know what episode that is. It is not this one. It's the one where Sayla's like, you know what I should do? Steal the Gundam. I remember that episode. And Bright is like, why the fuck are all these teenagers so terrible? You're in the brig. Also, you succeeded at piloting Gundam, so now you're officially the backup pilot. So I wonder if probably did skip it in that case. So it's, it just is weird to me that they would bring it up here. Although maybe the idea is that this is a somewhat obscure question. Although I think it does air in reruns in Japan. I could be wrong about that. So anyway, it's like, hey, dummies, it's probably by the big Zaku head, which Ayame knows right away. So the Archangels find the bear guy statue, but they're like, oh, man, we're late. They're already in front of us. And Nameless Girl's like, oh, well, they beat us to it. And Staya's like, no, not yet. They haven't gotten the treasure yet. And uh, her friend is confused. Like, what? What? <laughs> She's like, we'll get it no matter what. And so they find the treasure chest and Riku and IMA are like, yeah, we did it. And IMA is like, ah, oh. maybe people aren't so bad. Well, she has a flashback to someone saying, let's clear this quest together. We can do it. And she's like, oh, man, what am I doing with this kid? But then her caution alarm goes off because there's a giant enemy guy again them behind her. <laughs> they are under attack. Apparently starting a fight in an event mission is unusual. Although, like, if you're at the very end, that seems and you're losing. Seems to be an appropriate tactic. 
take them down. Also, it does seem like a bit of a dick move. Yeah, it probably depends on how seriously people take them, usually. Yeah, I mean, at the same time, it's an event mission for a plushie. Like, it's it's just supposed to be a fun scavenger hunt. Although it seems like if the developers did not want you to fight, they would not let you. But that is not how this MMO works, because it's not real. <laughs> well, at the same time, like, I could totally see them leaving it there, because, you know... Use whatever you want. Yeah, you might be seen as a bit of a dick, but in some cases, winning isn't everything. It's the only thing that matters. Yeah, but if they fail, Zach, they might get a small penalty. Exactly. So go ahead and attack them for the win. Or start a blood feud with the build divers. (laughs) The most dangerous force around. Hey, maybe we'll get some interesting. Anyway, our friend is like, stop it, Staya. Stop trying to fight these guys who we already know are pretty good at this. I do actually kind of like how the one is like, this is dumb, stop trying to fight them. She gets ninja kicked for her troubles. And Naomi's like, that's bad matters. They're like, I'm sorry for my friend, please. I I actually do like that. That's bad manners. And apparently there's something going on with this chick that I don't really care about, given the fact that, like, we just met her. And apparently she is a cheater. She has the break boost thing. She's just so dedicated to her team because she screwed up once, I guess. If we had gotten more of this character before coming into this particular moment, this would mean something. Because, like, we don't know exactly what's going on with her or what's supposed to be, so we don't know what might have driven a character like this to start cheating. But the series wants us to get behind it. It's such a weird episode, right? Because this is fine for the plot for a one-episode character, right? But you're right, we do need to see why she feels this way. It's got show-don't-tell problems. She just comes off as depressed and afraid her friends will abandon her and mood. But the moral of this story is, hey, just don't feel that way. The least helpful advice you can give someone who is depressed. (laughs) Well, especially because, like, before the scavenger hunt starts, she's perfectly fine, happy-go-lucky. Like, she doesn't seem to be thinking about any of this kind of stuff. This needs a third character who's a bit of a bitch who says, hey, we got to do this or I'm going to kick you off the team, right? Or, like, not even necessarily say something like that, but be snide and be a bitch about it. Like, you know, you better not screw up again. Or why do we have her with us at the moment? Like, why are we doing this? Or just, like, casually talking to the build divers. Yeah, we, we got real inspired, so we fought again. But then Staya did this, and we lost because of it. But no one is allowed to be bad in this show. So, and there's not allowed to be conflict, so that character does not exist. Which, of course, means that this particular face-heel turn, as it were, doesn't work. Which I think is the Build Diver's story, isn't it? Well, it was too busy showing us cool Bear Guy Festival stuff and having Maggie tell them to go to a festival and explaining what festivals are. And then showing us all the riding on rides. Didn't have any time for it. So Staya's friend is like, hey, Staya, like, why are you cheating? This is terrible. She's like, I don't want to be a burden. You'll kick me out. So I'm going to cheat and potentially get banned instead. Yeah, She says, I've always caused problems, but we haven't seen any problems. But we just went over that, so. It's the definition of show, don't tell. And she's like, the other day, our force rank dropped because of me. Again, we don't even know, like, is she just kicking herself and being too hard on herself? Is she actually the weakest member of the force? Does it matter? And the other one's like, no, we're not going to kick you out for that. And she's like, yes, you are. Everyone betray me. A better, like, even, like, a slightly better thing for that would have been, like, when they were scrolling through all of them, have them acknowledge, hey, these guys just dropped a rank. Like, we might be able to beat them. They just dropped down. There's so much you could do. But this show is not interested in it. 
it's only interested in the most bare bones storytelling. Because the sad truth is this episode has one of the better conflicts and arcs of the ones we've seen so far. I will admit, it does make me laugh a little bit that there's this whole dramatic thing going on and they're both wearing bare ears. It's pretty good. And she's like, I'm going to live up to my namesake and do a berserking. Then she cheats so hard that anime power-up starts to destroy the world around them. Yeah, and it starts, like, destroying the entire festival. I love these people on this ride who are having just a great time for a second. They're like, oh, wait, isn't this faster than usual? (laughs) And then the girl with the bear head is like, yes, even faster. Yay. (laughs) But then her bear head gets thrown away. And they start being giant Jurassic Park disasters. And oh, no, if they got flown off that ride, they might face a small penalty. Can they even (laughs) take damage in that area? It's unclear. They may have to log out and then log back in to reset their character position. And they say, I was like, no, I'll finally be strong. And her friend, still nameless, is like, no, it's enough. We won't give up on you. And she's like, yes, you will, because I'm worthless and awful. And I'm like, girl, you need a therapist or like a hug. She got a name. Look, she just got a name. Kanari, that's not a bad name. He's like, I want you to see that I've become strong. That'll make the hurt inside go away. It won't. And so she attacks Riku. But he's like, I'm actually good at this game. And also, why would you cheat? You're an awful person. Why can't you trust your friends? You should stop feeling depressed if you feel bad. Just let a 14-year-old tell you about the complexities of life. This is another one of those things that I feel like would probably be better if Riku had been around not playing competitively for a long time. This works fine as characterization for Riku, for him being like, yeah, shonen and friendship. Friends are the most important thing, right? The problem is it's just so generic, it doesn't really come off as a characteristic of Riku as much as the show shouting its message at you. Yeah, and I also had the same thought of, like, she says, I'll be kicked off, I'm the worst player on my team, and Riku's like, no you won't, that's not true, and I'm like, well, depends on how competitive they are. You don't know the situation. If they're playing super competitive, I'm sorry, but sometimes super competitive means you, you gotta improve. You gotta be, if you want to be the best, you have to go find the best. But Zach, GBN solves everything. Are you depressed? Buy all our playsets and toys. <laughs> Plastic crack doesn't solve everything, Jeremy. No, I'm, I'm being facetious from the point of view of the episode, which is that it does as long as it says Gundam on it. <laughs> <laughs> I know, I know. Anyway, Ayame is also moved by this speech, or at least interested in it. And he's like, you're the one who's actually betraying your teammates by cheating and stuff. And she's like, a talented kid like you wouldn't understand, which I guess is, we're just going to accept that Riku is talented. This show has told it to us so many times. Well, the thing is, like, that one makes a little bit of sense, because, like, you haven't seen him do all of the work that we already kind of know he's been putting in. But, like... He says, you've you've betrayed your teammates. That's kind of true, because in a lot of cases, if you're found to be cheating in a competitive environment, usually they don't just strip you. They strip the entire team of the title. But yeah, like, the counter-argument to this is if we knew how much time had been going on, like, you could have the easy counter of, you know, a talented kid like you wouldn't understand. You know how much fucking work I've been putting into this? Yeah, but that's also, like, just a bad message for this, right? Like, this is just bad optics all around on this story. Because we haven't seen enough of Stella, because there's no, like... Stella. Like, this should not solve... Or, sorry, you're right, Stella. Uh, we didn't see enough of Stella either, but we saw a lot more of her, at least. <laughs> it's just, like I said, it rubs me really the wrong way. It seems really bit like, oh, you're depressed? Well, you shouldn't be. You're, you're paranoid all your friends will abandon you? Just don't be. This does feel like the kind of thing that we should really have. Like, this character should have been around for a lot longer, either, you know, in the background and 
been like a side story up to this point. I think you can do this as a one character episode just fine. Ironically, I feel like Super Sentai episodes have this exact character and they do it fine. You just need to actually spend time on her or set up a conflict for her. Instead of having her kind of coming out of left field. Yeah. Instead of she's like, oh, I'm so depressed. I must cheat. And that makes me evil. And they're like, no, just don't be depressed and don't cheat and everything will be fine. It's even worse that that is like shown to be objectively true, right? Which makes it feel more like she's just a depressed kid. Like all these struggles are internal, right? On her part. Because her friend is right there supporting her? Yeah, pretty much. There is no conflict. There is no external person putting it on. Well, I mean, person versus self is definitely a thing, but... Oh, oh, it super is. This is not a helpful solution if you are going through these conflicts with yourself. Let me tell you. Just be better. That's how it works. Thanks, I'm healed. Yeah. All right, I'll, I'll keep that in mind. The best way to help somebody in a situation like this is to tell them to stop being depressed. <laughs> Just do better. Do better than you are currently doing. And Rika's like, I'll say cheating is bad. It doesn't actually make you stronger. And you might get banned. You get banned from GBN, and we all know that's a fate worse than death. <laughs> then your friends would have to abandon you. You have to go back to the shadow realm of real life. So Riku defeats her just like Shin defeated Stella. And she's like, no, I have to be useful or everyone will abandon me. I'm falling into darkness. But Riku's like, don't fall metaphorically. I'll catch you physically or your friend will because that's what friends are for. So we get some back and forth of how like, believe in the me that believes believe in you. believe in yourself. Look, that, that is a cure for depression. <laughs> I will always think of... I've never even seen Girl in the Gun all the way through, but that is something I will always think of when someone says, believe in me. Although the trick of Girl in the Gun is that that's a fake it till you make it thing. You can believe in someone else, but eventually you have to come up and stand up for yourself. I mean, I actually know that's that like that's the intended message behind that one, especially because that guy dies pretty early on. Anyway, he's like, yeah, believe in friendship. Shonen friendship fixes everything. And that's at least a little bit better of a message. She's like, yeah, we'll always be a force. Again, if there was like a third character, I could like say something dramatic. Like if you get kicked out, I'll quit and we'll start our own force with blackjack and hookers. Male hookers, obviously. <laughs> that look like Koichi. <laughs> I do like that they animated a blush for her while she's crying. On her nose? Yeah. I noticed that too. It's a subtle detail that you don't get a lot of the time. So she apologizes. And then she just turns it off. And, and ends cheating mode. I do like that the menu is just like, are you done cheating? <laughs> this heals all the fissures in time and space. See, the thing that strikes me is like, right after that, the first thing I'd be asking as soon as we finish this whole fight is, where did you get that so I can try and fix the problem? Or at the very least, talk to the champion about it since I know he's looking for him and I've got him on my friends list. Nope, Riku is a terrible detective. It's true. <laughs> Let me slide you into the champion's DMs. And Ayame has ulterior motives and doesn't want him caught, so. Uh, Ayame has a good think as she cries and apologizes, because, you know, she's at fault for her depression, I guess. At least she is not punished, I suppose. That, that'd be great. They go through this, like, we'll always be a force. Permaban! <laughs> and Rika's like, hey, there's still plenty of roller coasters left. And at the end of there, you could see the rest of his team are showing up like, what the fuck did we miss? So cut to nighttime, there's fireworks, there's a light parade. There's a bear guy with what looks like a very elaborate version of the Wing Zero Customs Wings. Yeah, that's why I pause it on that, because those are ridiculous. It's far more elaborate than those are. Yuki's like, oh man, I'd never guess she was a cheater. I guess you can't tell if by just looking at someone, especially when you're just looking at their avatar. And Koichi's like, I'm just surprised how far the break decals have spread. I mean, that makes sense. A thing I did not know about 
before now on screen. Yeah. <laughs> like how far this whole cheating thing is spread. I mean, it's a legitimate question, but at the same time, like, did no one ask where she got the thing? So Yuki's like, oh, the main plot. I wonder what it is. Ayame is leaning up against her tree again. Thinking about Riku's talking about trusting your friends. and Enjoying GBN, the best thing in the world. With your friends. And Riku's like, hey, Ayame, I heard it was an episode about you, so I decided to come talk to you. And he's like, uh, I don't know why I'm telling you this, but the champion said he wanted to protect the world from break decals. And I agree with him, because it's cool. What could be better than this? A video game. Where you get to play as Gumpla and go on roller coasters. And I had fun. And I have to protect fun. Makes me wonder how long they've been here, because it's now night. Although it was, the sun was setting when, at the end of their event. Yeah, but when they came in, it was broad daylight. (laughs) Yeah, which, did they spend an entire real world day doing this nonsense? I feel like they must have gotten here after school, but that's a fair question. Although, you know, I would spend a day at an amusement park. Riku realized once again that this is a wonderful world, which he does every episode. And again... This should be characterizing for him, right? But it just comes off as so bland and pandering. It's largely because, like, Riku still hasn't, like, done anything to advance the plot. The plot has happened around him. So every time one of it comes up is like, yes, the plot. Okay, now back to not acknowledging the plot. At least this has taught Riku that drug addicts aren't the problem. It's definitely the people pushing drugs and not socioeconomic problems. But they got to go find the drug salesman and get rid of them. They got to get the champion and beat them up together. Otherwise, no one will be able to have fun. I mean, that is the uh, final fight theory on crime. So we see, like, other members of apparently the Archangels, one of which has Flay's dress, and, like... They're comforting the crying Staya? We can't let mass divers act selflessly in this fun world. We can't let them ruin other people's fun by having fun themselves. Well... Cheating is bad and wrong. I mean, to be fair, <laughs> like, th- there is a reason why people come down hard on cheaters and nobody likes them. Yes, but I also just feel like they have literally not caused Riku any problems. He has always bested them, right? Yeah, well, I mean, he didn't really best the, uh, the, the champion more did the... Second time around. But yeah, like they haven't really caused him any grief. They haven't really explained how they're making the world collapse. Cheating. It's, it's bad for the code or something. No, it's just because of what the cheating can do, it, because of the MMR calculations, it throws it all out of whack, which causes the whole world to collapse. <laughs> is it just me or is Riku's face really off model as they watch the fireworks together? He looks super derp. He just seems contemplative to me, so. His eyes seem, like, way larger than they normally are. I don't know. Something's off about it. Well, his eyes feel like they're a lot larger, and they're a lot more cartoony than normal, and he's got this weird, like, small smirk that he doesn't normally have. I love how Momoka and Sarah both have, like, bear rave wands. Yep. We definitely needed to see them reacting to fireworks this episode more than we needed more characterization on Staya. Yep. So the episode ends, but wait, there's more. We see a dark, dusty alley, and within the alley, we see Doji walking in, and he's like, hey, I heard I could buy drugs here. Are there any drugs here? (laughs) And Emperor Palpatine is like, no need to yell, child. You'll bring the fuzz down on us. (laughs) (laughs) I kind of want to hear that in Palpatine's voice now. What are you, a narc? Um, it's weird to me that he's doing this in-game, because he has to get a decal onto his gunpla physically somehow, right? Presumably, like, I mean, it could also just be a program set that you, that he can sell people 
and it actually is loaded onto the software they're using instead? I mean, we don't know if if you break the law in the game, you break the law in real life. So maybe it's just about jurisdiction (laughs) and immunity? It's basically a problem of we don't know exactly how it works. So I didn't hate this episode as much as others. It is kind of nothing like we talked about, but it still tells one of the best stories of build divers so far, which is sad. A lot of foreshadowing for stuff to come up with Ayame and, you know, intrigue in her, which I enjoy. In addition to the funny moments of her being like, no, I don't want to have fun. I hate cute things. I was definitely on the slightly positive side for this episode, which I guess good job, build divers. My problem with this episode is actually entirely related to the fact that it like from the beginning, it's like, okay, we got a filler kind of fun detox episode, even though we haven't needed one. And then it's like somebody went, we haven't acknowledged the plot in like six episodes. And someone went, oh shit, you're right. Let's make <laughs> this girl a cheater and boil something into that to fix the problem later. Yeah, it's a problem stemming from what I said last week. We're like at the end of last week's episode, there kind of was no conflict, right? So they have to start a new one. We're kind of starting the second arc of Build Divers in a weird way. And a breather episode makes the most sense to do that. And I don't know. Maybe we're doing too harsh on the show. Maybe it's fine for it to be episodic like this if it wasn't so boring. That's really my problem is that the episodes are like nothing is happening. Here's the thing that I look at it with that. It's like, is it fair to compare it to other series that are also fairly episodic? My answer is yes, because like I said before, Turn A is also very, very episodic, but it also feels like it's constantly moving towards a point. So like you can do that as an episodic thing, whereas Build Divers doesn't feel like it's going anywhere. It's just spinning its wheels. It feels like bad filler, actually. Which is weird because this feels like a very non-fillery episode to me. I would compare it more to something like Super Sentai or Power Rangers, which often aren't going anywhere. But even then, I feel like the individual episodes tend to be much better. They explore themes better. They tend to be very, let's focus on this character and tell a story with them. They'll meet someone. They'll overcome a problem. This episode is just spending so much time advertising this fake game that it doesn't have enough time to tell its story. What I meant when I said it feels like bad filler is like filler that has no actual bearing on the overall plot of the series. And it's just like each episode exists in a vacuum at the, it has, like, the sitcom thing at the end. Everything resets back to zero. Yeah, but, like, we wouldn't be mad in an episode of Friends if we did a Friends episode for not advancing the main plot, right? It's because sitcoms don't have one. Yeah, but, like, our is if this show doesn't want to have one either, is that not fair? <sighs> I mean, to be fair, this is probably why I'm not a huge fan of Friends also, and sitcoms in general. <laughs> I, I think it's because I have expectations for a series that has Gundam written across it. I have expectations for there to be a long-running plot in them to, like, have that be part of the main point. And they even have that in Build Fighters and Try. Uh, Try gets up kind of is a little different. It has more like a couple of small arcs, but most of it is one story. I'm not saying, hey, it's unfair to you. I just wonder if if that's, like, kind of over-harping on something it's not interested in. It may very well be a situation where it's just getting knocked down more because of expectations from the name. Like, the series itself might be fine on its own, but because I'm coming into it with expectations for the Gundam name. Like, if you slapped a different name on this, I probably wouldn't care, if I'm entirely honest. I'd probably just turn my brain off and watch it for the stupidity that it is. Do you have a high point, Tyler? Uh, I think it was probably blackmailing Ayami. (laughs) Which part do you mean of blackmailing Ayami? Oh, when they capture photographic evidence of her cute crimes. (laughs) 
Okay, I was gonna go with uh, like her resisting hugging that thing because I found that pretty awesome and pretty fun. But I think I'm gonna have to go with right at the beginning where like they're dragging her there and she's so reluctant to go. What's your high point, Jeremy? I'm gonna go with uh, also Ayami, but since you took the funny stuff, the more serious stuff where she's clearly done this before and Riku is even though he's a terrible detective, putting that together. And she tries to ignore that. And is like when he's talking about friendship, she's like, oh, yeah, friendship. Why am I hanging out with these weird kids? Yeah, she has a backstory. And that makes her immediately more interesting than almost anyone else on the team. Yep. <laughs> she's the player that did all the work, like wrote out all of her backstory, and everybody else just kind of showed up with character sheets. <laughs> Tyler, do you have a low point? Well, I'm going to take a a more general one to leave the, I think, worst point for you, and that is how much time I feel like this episode is wasting on not doing anything for, like, the first half of it. Yep, that's about right. Zach, do you have a low point? Staya. Mainly because of the fact that, like, I, I think you said it a couple of times, you can do this kind of thing in this span of time, but... You needed to spend more time with Staya as a character so that, like, we get invested in this whole thing and her struggle, and they just feel like they dropped the ball. You need to set up her problem so you can pay it off. You can't pay something off that hasn't been set up. What's your delo point, then? Just, like, the implications of the episode. Because if you watch it, there's no reason for Staya to feel this way, so she must be depressed. I have felt those feelings before. I will often have anxiety about, like, oh, all my friends are super mad at me. I have, in the past, multiple times, messaged Tyler and said, hey, you're not mad at me, right? My anxiety says you are, and I know it's dumb. Yep, I was going to say, that has happened before. <laughs> so, like, clearly she needs help, and not to be told not to feel that way, because that doesn't help. As evidenced by her ignoring her friend saying, hey, stop it. Every time you guys mention stuff like that, I feel bad that I've never had that issue. And I, I, I know I shouldn't, <laughs> but at the same time, I'm like, kind of wish I could empathize better. <laughs> I mean, I always figure mine is mostly just social anxiety, but... All right, do we want to add something to our list? We've got Koichi's mobile suit, as well as Ayame's, I think, are good contenders. I guess also the Diver 008. Those were all introduced last episode, and none of them are on our list. Also, the concept of a bear guy. <laughs> I mean, I guess we could rank the bear guy. Please, no. <laughs> I mean, it goes pretty low, I feel, but... I get the, I, for whatever reason, I feel like there's more to the Diver 008, but that's probably because it's an upgrade mobile suit so that we haven't seen yet. Is there more to it? Yeah, there, there, there kind of is. Also, the RX-0 Mara. I think Koichi's the ones we've seen the most of, the Gadbly beta rebake. What do you think, Tyler? You got an opinion? Um, I was going to say, I actually like the rebake, so I wouldn't mind ranking it. And I don't. Let's see. what What is comparable to it? I personally really like the rebake, so... Um, I guess because we've had that weird thing where we're like, two of us like it more. I guess the, the Momoka pool is the thing that makes the most sense to start with, I suppose. And I actually way prefer the Momoka pool. I think the penguin design and the color scheme are both way better. Interesting. I was gonna say, I'm just weirdly torn on this because I like the Momoka pool, but I think the Gabaldi is just a... Like, I think it's a better practical suit design, despite all of its impracticalities. I really like his rebake because i really like his artillery cannon the hammer the design of having the uh his other like direct fire cannon built into the arm and i detest the capul and the momoka pool <laughs> i like the functionality and like the big heavy armor look and artillery feel that koichi's gibaldi gives off i actually feel like it's a little bit too bulky but i love the dumb nail hammer thing that is also scissors for some reason and the artillery is a nice touch. That said, the other one's a penguin. 
And that makes the choice really hard for me. <laughs> it's a fucking Russian doll Kapul. It's terrible because the, t- the Kapul is already a crap design. But it's a penguin. That said, I think I like how dumb Koichi's weapon is just a little bit more than I like the penguin. All right, so right above the Momo Kapul, we have the Gym 3 Beam Master. And I also don't like it as much as the Gym B- 3 Beam Master, even though I don't super love the Gym 3 Beam Master. It's at least got the good graces to be orange, which is an uncommon color. Hmm. This is tough for me, because I like them both. Like I said, I really like the artillery cannon and the big hammer, because that's not a very common weapon, even if you take out the fact that it has the, the scissors thing attached to it. That's also just a weird weapon to have, but whatever. It, not very practical, it, I it's feel. It's not, but... but at the same time, you're talking about someone who also has a member on his team that has a weapon that transfers from rapid fire to solid shot on the same gun, and it flips over. So I think I'd have to go with the Gabaldi rebate because I like heavy armor look to it. Like, it looks like heavy infantry slash artillery to me, and I really like that aesthetic. This one's actually a lot easier for me because the dumb hammer is way better than not a penguin. So a very vanilla Gundam, I think almost the most vanilla Gundam, certainly the most vanilla we have on our list is the dual Gundam. And like I said, I don't like the Gabaldi beta rebake. It looks way too heavy to me, and I don't like the segmenting on the armor. So I prefer the dual Gundam, but what do you guys think? I think the dual Gundam with the assault shroud specifically. We have that ranked separately, so. Oh, do we? Yeah. Okay, never mind I think then. without the Assault Shroud, I think the Gabaldi Rebake is a better one than the uh, just the Duel. Yeah, this is a lot closer for me, but I think I agree with Zach on this. Okay, so up to the Duel with the Assault Shroud then. I also don't think it's as good as that, and it sounds like you two agree with me, or at least Tyler does. Yeah, I think I prefer with the Assault Shroud to just... Oh no, it's very practical design, I like the color scheme. I like the heavy armor that the Assault Shroud gives it. I think I would probably put the rebake above the Assault Shroud, but I'm outvoted in this case anyway. So the one that just sings to me as comparable in this area is the Sandrock. I'm not exactly sure why. Probably because it has a lot of resemblance. It's got a fairly reminiscent color scheme of the Maganat core. That might be it. You might be exactly And it's got right. a very sand, sandy color scheme, so I can see where you get that from. Yeah, it feels like it belongs in a desert, which is the natural habitat of a sand rock. And even though I've been fighting to put it below stuff, I might like it more than the sand rock. The sand rock's got a better cuddler scheme. It really does. And I don't like the look of the Gabaldi beta rebake, but I do like its armament a lot more. I think I would have to agree. I I, I like the Gabaldi rebake more than the sand rock, while the, his heat, I think their shotels, are better. Like, they're a cool design. I like the heavy hammer, and like I said, I really like the heavy infantry, like, line breaker look aesthetic that the uh, Gabaldi rebake has going on. This one's actually super close for me, but I think I preferred the Gabaldi. Uh, right above the Sandrock, we have the Chaos, and I actually don't like the Chaos that much, so I actually would also put the Gabaldi rebake above that. The Chaos is the Green Funnels one from Destiny, right? Correct. Yeah, I, I think I'd have to give it to the Gabaldi rebake as well. The Chaos... Never really grabbed me as a mobile suit. And I think I agree. This one's pretty close for me, actually, but I, I do think I prefer the Gabaldi. So the final question, is it better or worse than the Abyss Gundam? And I like the Abyss a bit more because its water transformation at least makes sense to me, and it feels better as a heavy mobile suit to me. I also just think it looks better. Um, I also like the color scheme The a Abyss lot is more. the blue one out of Destiny, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's the one that turns into, like, a high-speed sub. That's what I thought. I, I just couldn't remember if it was the one out of 
seed with the scythe or not. The scythe also helps. I, I think I still got to give it to the Gibaldi rebake. I love the heavy infantry look that it has going on. The artillery cannon, that that uh, arm-mounted gun, and a big-ass hammer. That's that's kind of my jam. Like I love the heavy infantry. You're going to be outvoted, though, so the Gibaldi beta rebake goes at number 43, dividing the chaos and abyss. I'm surprised Tyler didn't start off his thing with the abysses. This is super close for me. <laughs> they have been for the last, like, three. You said so. that for every single one of them. Nope, not the Gym 3 Beam Master. That was not close at all. It's not a penguin. Speaking of things that aren't penguins, join us next week when we will be watching Episode 9, Return of the Ogre, or more Gundam Seed Destiny, maybe. We'll see. So, uh, Tyler, was this Gundam or was this Isekai? They did go to a theme park and eat pancakes. They did. All we also never saw them in their real human forms this episode. False. We did. Yes, we did. At the very beginning. Oh, did we? There, there has been an episode where we did not see them in their real human forms, but it was not this one. That's right. I forgot about the fact that Nanami was like, really? They're so gloating about it? Okay. Well, almost then. We spent like 90% of the episode in VR, so I'm going to say it's Isekai. Zach? In this case, we have an attempt at the traditional Gundam thing of shitty teenagers being better, but uh, they spent a lot of time on, you know, the uh, the theme park, and they didn't actually really do anything useful or helpful, but I think I'm going to have to lean into Gundam still. But it's really close to tilting itself into Isekai. The curse is resettled. Maybe we'll be back next week. Who knows? Bye!